0: Hey, welcome to the Carol Remarks Podcast. My name is Carol, and this is where I host my remarks on glamour, pop culture, and front page news. Let's get right to it. Mm, hello and good morning. Happy Monday, the first week after Thanksgiving. Are y'all ready to, for the work week ahead? All right, we're getting straight into what I've posted on X this morning. Because I've not really been paying attention to the news. I know a bunch of hostages have been released. Thankfully, thank goodness, thank you God. Um, and there's talks of perhaps more ceasefire in order to get more hostages released. Uh, let's hope they let's hope and pray they all get home safely uh, and soon rather than later. All right, uh, but let's move on to some other headlines. That I have found kind of interesting. All of these are from the New York Post. So, New York man charged with murdering mom after her body found stuffed in box. Released from custody due to evidence glitch. Okay, I'm going to go read some of it. And then you can read it yourself if if you would like to pursue this topic further. All right. A Brooklyn schizophrenic, suspected of murdering his mom and stuffing her corpse in a box, was sprung from custody because of an evidence glitch and could land back on the streets, sources told the Post. David Drummond, 30 years old, and he looks a lot older than 30 in these pictures was moved from City Department of Correction custody earlier this month and ordered by a judge to undergo a mental health evaluation at Bellevue Hospital, where he is currently being held, according to an employee who spoke on condition of anonymity out of fear of repercussions. But Drummond, who is charged with murder, could be released into the streets if he's declared after the assessment, the nervous employee said. The assistant district attorney said they didn't have enough to indict him. What? He's literally going to be in the community when we let him go, said the worker, noting that Drummond was a long psych history. Well, you can go over there and read the rest of that story, but this is how this is how it operates now. This is where we are. We are we live in a Gotham city. All right, so the next one, travel blogger shares details of disaster trip. Be careful who you travel with. Amen. These are the young people. This is how they do it, though. All right, a Canadian travel blogger has opened up about a disaster trip to Iceland, serving as a warning to be careful who you choose to travel with. Amy said she was finally ready to spill the tea about the time she booked a trip to the popular European nation after a breakup. She said she was scared to travel alone, as she should be. I mean, you know, we don't wanna live in fear, but you know, whatever. All right, so uh, she was afraid to travel alone as she had never done it before, so invited everyone she could think of to join her. Eventually, the only person who was available was a girl I worked with at a restaurant, she wrote on Instagram this week. We were acquaintances and work pals, but not exactly besties. After landing in Iceland, Amy said she started to see a dark side of her travel buddy come out when drinking, and doesn't that always happen? It's the curse of the alcohol. Let me tell you, you put some alcohol in somebody, they're going to act a fool. She claimed it was only their first night when her colleague was arrested by six or seven police officers in their hostel. All right, there's another there's another red flag. Never stay in a hostel. I know this is what these young people like to do, and it's cheap, but I, I'm not doing it. Uh, no. Alright, she said the woman tried to attack me, punched the hostel receptionist in the face, and was kicked out of the hostel. Exactly what she was afraid of, Amy found herself traveling alone. I had to completely rearrange my plans to avoid her, she said. Fortunately, she made friends with other travelers at the hostel and went on to see the Northern Lights, did group hikes, saw waterfalls and geysers, and drove around the Golden Circle, the fa- most famous scenic route on Iceland. Okay, Anyway, there's more to the story if you would like to go finish reading that. I don't know what happened to her when she had to go back to work. Uh, maybe I'll go read, finish the story later and find out. All right, next, Deion Sander loses top quarterback recruit as Antoine Hill decommits from Colorado. Now, from what I understand, uh, I don't really follow football, so forgive me if I'm ignorant here. Uh, but I guess Colorado is not doing that great. Remember how they came out busting balls the first few games, you know, all hyped up. Deion Sanders, the head coach. Well, whatever. All right. In what was a big win for the Buffaloes and Dion Sanders this fall has been re- ripped up after Colorado commit Antoine Hill changed his mind on Sunday when the number three quarterback of the 2025 class committed to Colorado on October 20th. He was open about wanting to reclassify to the 2024 class and enroll early at college. However, that changed after having discussions with his family and he has decided to stay in the 2025 class while opening his recruitment. Colorado is still a top priority for me, he told ESPN. I really just want to take the process slower and make sure I'm making the right decision for me and my family at the end of the day. I'm going to get back out there on the market and make the right decision. Well, there's more to the story if you would like to go read the rest of that on my X feed. And the last one I will share with you is kind of cool, I guess. I don't know that it's a story, but it's a human, human nature, human condition story. Anyway, son opens letter. Mom wrote to him as a baby on day of JFK's assassination 60 years ago after national tragedy. And he says, I should have opened this letter sooner. We're Lundstedt. That's his name was an infant when President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas, on November 20th, 1963. His mother, Carolyn Lundstedt, undoubtedly feeling the sense of loss, gripping the country at the time, wrote her son and his siblings letters expressing her emotions in the moments following the national tragedy. Good for her. She, uh, I'm ner. uh, He says I'm nervous. He told WMUR nine on Wednesday as he cut the envelope seal, addressed to Master Frederick Weir Lundstedt, postmarked in the Riverton, New Jersey, with a five-cent stamp. So did she mail this to herself? I don't get it. Anyway, his mother, oddly enough, passed away on November 22nd, 1989. Nearly 20 years later, in 2008, Lundstedt found the letter addressed to him, but never opened it. Now, 60 years removed from the president's killing, he stumbled upon the forgotten letter while sorting through his parents' possessions after his father died last month. Friday, November 22nd, 1963. Dear Weir, as you were sleeping now in your crib upstairs, you are too young to realize, Lundstedt read for the first time in front of local, the local station's camera crew. Needing a moment to regain his composure as he became overcome with emotions, Lundstedt continued, you will one day read this in your history book. Know that he has been, we feel, a good, honest, and devoted young president, his mother wrote. He has been energetic and tireless in his quest for lasting world peace. What a pity that one of his own people should take it upon himself to destroy this vital man. Lovingly, your mother and dad, Lundstedt recited. He said, I should have opened this letter sooner. Well, yeah, but anyway, that's pretty much the end of the story. It goes on to talk about the death of JFK, the assassination and all that. So that's kind of a human interest story. If you wanted to go read that, uh, I know that each time that I was pregnant, I kept a journal of my pregnancy and what was happening at the time and history about their dad and my relationship with their dad and just where we were in current times at the time. And I filled up, I filled up a diary for each time I was pregnant and I decided to, and I'm glad I kept them, to give it to my children when they started having kids. So when my son got married and had Cameron, I gave him his the one I had when I was pregnant with him. And then I went ahead and gave my daughter hers too. She's decided I don't think she wants to have kids. But anyway, I gave them to, I gave them to the kids. And that's something that I'm kind of glad that I did. I was happy and glad that I was able to do that. Especially because their father had died when they were aged eight and ten years old. So anyway, they have that. And I'm glad that I did it. So I have a four year potterversary coming up on December. 8th 2019 my daughter and i put out the first episode of the podcast so i have a 4 year anniversary coming up how should i celebrate that's the question of the day how should i that's kind of a dumb question <laughs> that's a dumb question let's not do that one um i need a question of the day how uh, let's see oh i know on our twitter space yesterday i had to had to dip out early because we were babysitting the grandbaby and he was taking a nap at the time and he had woken up and um anyway so I was only on for like the first thirty minutes and I had asked a question of does anybody have anybody listening at the you know on the space and now I'm asking you if have you ever thought about writing a book? And if so what would you what would it be about would it be a fiction book would it be a nonfiction book if it's a fiction book can you like give us a little synopsis if you could or what or what the title would be or something like that if you don't want to share it i get it um but anyway if and even if you didn't want to write a book what would be a good one that you would want to read how about that so anyway that's the question of the day And uh, so anyway, that's it. I guess uh, that's all I have. So thanks for listening. Have a great Monday. Bye. What's that? Who pays your salary? What's that? Who pays? What's that? We're not a democracy.